Welcome to A Second Chance, personal stories of near-death experiences, the journey and beyond. For the most positive and uplifting time on the radio, stay tuned and get in tune with your host, Gina Kane of Second Chance Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Second Chance. Today, we're here with Joel, and we've gotten a chance to get to know him when he interviewed me on the first episode. But Joel, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you, Gina. And this is a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me back. I had so much fun uh, learning your story when I had an opportunity to interview you. And now this is, I guess, turning the tables a little bit, but I'm delighted to uh, be here. Well, I love turning the tables. I'm so much more comfortable on this side of the microphone. And thank you so much for joining us today. I would love if you could start to tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better. Okay. Um, from from the near-death experience side or from kind of where we are right now? Uh, just a little bit about who you are today. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, um, my wife and I uh, co-host together uh, Relaunch, and that is uh, actually... I think our third podcast that we've done, and we we podcast pretty much uh, on on a full time basis, do daily shows uh, throughout the week. Just having a blast doing it. We, um, you know, inter- we invite and bring in some of the uh, the hottest and the most in demand authors, speakers, and uh, personal development and growth personal development and growth experts that you can think of, and really get inspiring stories from them, fresh ideas, and also practical steps to help people set themselves up and get that launching pad ready for their own relaunch. And um, it's it's been a fun ride. You guys are doing great things out there for people that are wanting to relaunch their lives. You know, what I'm, what I'm finding is that the, the whole relaunch idea has just caught on like like wildfire because I, I think people are hungry to have that next opportunity to relaunch either their their career, to relaunch a, a relationship, to relaunch themselves spiritually, em, emotionally. P- people can relate with the idea of relaunch on so many different levels. And, and frankly, Gina, that's why I think it has um, just caught on fire. Oh, that is fabulous. And a lot of people listening right now may have had near-death experiences themselves. And that could be a reason why they're looking for a relaunch, shall we say. But what other things do you see when you're talking with people that listen to your show that cause them to want to have a relaunch themselves? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. I think um, for the first season uh, of of a person's life, they are, um, for whatever reason they find themselves doing a lot of what they're supposed to do. And you know what I mean by when I say supposed to do, you know, they, they go to school. Some people go to college. They, they get a job, they buy a house, they, you know, get married, they get divorced, they get married again, they have, they have kids and, and they do a lot of things that meet certain expectations that, that society has. But what I've, what I've learned in my own experiences and in my wife's too what she's learned is that you know there comes a point in time when a person is ready to shed those expectations and those rules that other people have kind of kind of try to stack against us and they're ready to relaunch to blast through to 
the next season in their life. And they've gotten good at doing what they were supposed to do, but now that they now they want to relaunch and do what they what they want to do, what brings them happiness, joy, fulfillment. Relaunch provides um, you know, the, the the tools and ideas for people to set themselves up for that. Excellent. Well, all of the links to your podcast will be in the show notes. Cool. And I hope everybody takes the time to check it out. Well, thanks. So I'm excited to jump right into your story. When you first told me your story, I almost had couldn't believe it, even looking at the newspaper clipping. Mm-hmm. So take us there and tell us what happened. Sure. Uh, my uh, par- parents got uh, separated and divorced when I was just three years old. And for a period of time, uh, I lived with my mom. And, uh, you know, would visit my dad on on the weekends and holidays and things of that nature. And then uh, when I was five, uh, my dad and some of his friends went off on on a nature hike. And there was me. I was the youngest there. And then one of his friends had a couple of kids. And they were, you know, hiking through the uh, Texas Hill Country. And us, uh, being kids, kind of drifted away from the main group and kind of started taking our own nature hike and what what happened and, and I don't really recollect this but what happened is we ended up scaling the side of of a cliff that was kind of off the beaten path if you will and uh, when we got to the top of this cliff uh running parallel to it was a bridge and I was 5 at the time so this bridge probably resembled something like a like a jungle gym to me, mm. to me. So, being a curious George that I was and still am, frankly, you know, I stepped from the footing of the cliff on onto this uh, shaky bridge, and then I walked to the middle of the bridge. This is what people tell me. I don't really recall this. And then uh, myself and the two kids that I was with, they were both older than me. We laid down on our on our stomachs and then called to our dads that were that were down below. Oh, my goodness. And uh, about that time, a uh, whistle sounded uh, off off in the distance. Oh, no. And it's a little bit sketchy for me, but as my dad and, and, his, and the other dad that was there, and I'm sure their other friends were racing up that cliff as fast as they could get, you know, the, the, the whistles got louder and the uh, bridge started shaking. And actually, this wasn't a bridge at all. This was a, a train trestle that stretched between uh, one cliff and another cliff kind of over an open gorge. And uh, when it was all said and done and my dad and and the other dad reached the the top of the cliff, the train had screeched to a halt, you know, sparks flying everywhere and things. And then uh, when my dad looked at where I, the last place where he saw me, um, uh, a guy stepped in between the, um, in between the uh, the cars and pointed to the ground 30 feet below to the ground wow and that's where i was and i was wow. i was down there laying on uh, jagged rocks in, in a pile of my own uh pile of my own and a puddle of my own blood and uh, my dad and and everyone of course raced to my side not knowing if i was still there and uh my dad felt and Barely, uh, there there was a pulse, and of course this was forty years ago. Mm-hmm. There was no cell phones, no GPS tracking, no anything. But 
the the people on I would assume the the train uh, radioed for help and got the emergency crew uh, to us. They were able to find us somehow because we were way off the beaten path and you know through heroic and divine intervention, you know they were able to uh, get me through the to the um, to the hospital, which was about 45 minutes away. Um, and I had lost so much blood, Gina, at this time, that the the rescue crew, the team, was unable to start an IV in my little five-year-old arm just because everything, all the all the veins had collapsed. But um, they were able to to get me stable, uh, stable enough to get into the ICU, and and that's kind of the the next chapter in that story. So, Joel, this story sounds like something that you would see on a cartoon. It's hard to really believe the reality of this. Yep. Do you know how you got from the bridge? Did you see the train and, and like try to get away, or did you fall? Uh, Do you remember that? No telling. Uh, there, there really is no, no telling. Wow. And I couldn't even imagine being your dad. I, I couldn't even imagine. I have two boys, and they're curious, George, so this story scares me right to my heart. Mm. What happened next? Sure. Yeah, thanks for asking. Okay, so there I was in the San Antonio Hospital. San Antonio is in Texas. That's my hometown. And I was in a coma for three weeks and in the hospital for a total of six weeks, if, if I remember correctly. Had my sixth birthday uh, while comatose. And then, wow. and then when then when I woke up, um, yeah, there, there was my family and there I was. And the stories vary a little bit, but then I, I just started talking. Uh, just right, right when I, right when I woke up, and uh, it was a, you know, tremendous occasion because the doctors had told my dad that I, I wasn't, I was pretty much done for. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact words that I used, but uh, we have stacks and stacks and stacks of medical reports and things of that nature that um, give a, a grim prognosis uh, on many different levels. But, um, you know, um, family was there the whole time. You know, my uh, my mom was was there every minute when she could be. Of course, that's my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And then my dad had, um, boy, he went through his own course because he was there. Yeah. You know, and um, it happened on a Sunday. And Monday, the very next day, he had his first day at a brand new job. That, that he had been trying real hard to get um, one of the highest um, scale jobs that he had had in his career. So, uh, and he, you know, was trying to uh, support and rebuild and, and all that. So he, he kept it, but my, my parents had a wonderful system of making sure someone was always at the, at the hospital as well as, as my grandparents did that, of course, too. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so do you yourself have any recollection of being in the hospital and, and seeing your family be there for you? Or is this all just through them telling you what's happening? You know, um, I, I, I don't know if it's fantasy or if it's reality, but, but I, I kind of have some ideas and, and some thoughts about that. But uh, that's a good question, Gina. I don't know if it's, it's, if it's me wanting to remember something or if I actually do. Hmm. But either way, um, uh, fond memories, uh, a lot of love. A lot of a lot of joy, a lot of um, answered prayers. Lots of friends um, came came in. Matter of fact, if you if you ever watched the movie 
of, of the book that I wrote that kind of chronicles this story, uh, Finding Your Voice, um, we actually have a list of everyone who donated blood uh, during that drive. And the list goes on and on and on. And just so many people uh, came to the rescue. Because um, when I got to the hospital, which was Santa Rosa Children's Hospital, uh, mm-hmm. the blood supplies were in short supply. Okay. So there wasn't enough uh, there. But, I mean, the rallying cry went out, and this was before social media, before anything. This was 40 years ago, and, you know, like a like a rallying cry, uh, pe- people flocked to the, um, to the hospital for me, and it was... It was tremendous. And this is such an amazing story, and there's so many different directions that we could go to talk about this from here. It's endless. I am curious. Usually I ask if your religious beliefs had changed anything prior, but since that you were so young, mm-hmm. I couldn't really see that being possible. But I'm wondering, do you think that this event has influenced how you feel spiritually and how your family was spiritually? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, absolutely. Um you know, we were. Um, I don't really have much of much of a recollection uh, because you know I was five, so that's all, already young. Mm-hmm. And then before that, uh, but um, you know, I had a, a, a Christian upbringing up till then, and then uh, we we kind of fell away for for a little while. But but what's interesting is I know I know I know I don't really care what other people know. Or, or think they know, but I know that it was it was tr- it was divine intervention that that saved me. I had three skull fractures, three mm-hmm. in, in my fall, and so that that is what I know to be true. And I'm I'm very um, comfortable uh, knowing that. Um, throughout uh, my life, you know, I, I kind of drifted away, like a lot of teenagers and young adults sometimes do. But 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 I, I found my way back to to church. Uh, I, you know, re, um, renewed my relationship with Christ and with God. And, and then I actually, um, invited my dad to go back to church with me. And, um, he, he accepted my invitation and, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, just been a, another uh, chapter, I guess, in, in the bonding and in, in the growing together. So to answer your question, um, growing spiritually stronger Absolutely. But but way after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, when I woke up when I was six, you know, my, my parents were, I mean, distraught, uh, no money, uh, not not many prospects. You know, my, my mom, when I was living with my mom, uh, there was a period of time when we lived on nothing but, you know, food stamps. At least they were called food stamps 40 years ago. And a hundred dollar a month gift from a relative. So I mean, there, there was no money to speak of. Mm-hmm. Uh, limited limited prospects. When I had my accident, my mom was trying to get her nursing certification. So that was kind of occupying her mind at the time. Mm-hmm. And so in Texas, you guys have to pay your own medical bills, or correct? Do you have health insurance there that does? Well, I didn't have health insurance at, at age five. Okay. I know we're very lucky here in Canada. Sure. Everything is always paid for. And I think sometimes we take that for granted, um, especially with me having two boys. We're in emergency all the time with broken elbows and wrists and things. And, <laughs> comes in handy. You know, we've never... <laughs> comes, comes in handy. It does. We've never had to think about that, thankfully. But what kind of an impact would a hospital stay like that then have on your family? Mm. 
Inter- interesting. Yeah, we, we didn't have that. Um, you know, the medical bills were obviously astronomical, and not to mention uh, the follow-up visits, the recovery, the specialists, the ear specialist, the eye specialist, the orthopedic specialist, the psychologists, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the bill, the bills were huge, and of course, uh, the the recovery effort was, um, you know, is amazing. We we have doctor's reports and a newspaper clipping here and there about the, the the recovery of being so miraculous, my recovery. And, and it was amazing. I kind of remember bits and pieces of that. But, uh, you know, doctors were completely taken by surprise. In fact, some of the uh, doctor's reports that I've gone through have just uh, – they reinforce that, like my gosh, I mean, this has been incredible at at the um, the bounce back that this that this poor little kid had had who was facing you know the um, the black ink of a death sentence, uh, death sentence mm-hmm. based on based on when it happened. You know, one thing that I can remember it's it's, it's kind of lighthearted and fun. Cause I know this is a heavy conversation, but uh, I I remember when I was six and I was having to learn. Not really how to walk, but how to balance myself, because I had, you know, three skull fractures and inner ear um, uh, injuries and things of that nature, which totally threw me off uh, from an equilibrium standpoint. I remember learning how to walk again or balance myself, and my grandmother, because she she raised me for the most part, because my mom was, you know, trying to rebuild her life as a single mom, and of course my dad's single dad, and um. I was in the alley, you know, that's, that's that little road right behind uh, our house. And I was trying to walk a straight line and it, it was like, what can I relate this to? It was, it was like a, like a drunken sailor trying to keep him walking a straight line. And I remember my, my grandmother would stand behind me and she would loop her little index finger through, through my belt loop as kind of a precaution. To keep me wow. to keep me from crashing to the ground. I mean, it was, and it wasn't dramatic. It was a little six-year-old kid trying to walk again. But mm-hmm. it, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. So that was probably a pivotal moment in in the recovery. The strength that you had to have in your story really is a miracle. The recovery is so amazing to hear about. I wonder what was it like for your family? Was everybody very supportive with each other, or do you think perhaps there was a little bit of how did this happen? Blame game that happened within. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm, I'm sure that there was enough self guilt to go around for everyone that there didn't need to be shared guilt. So you guys, from what you've seen, everybody just really stuck together and was very supportive overall yeah. for everybody. Uh, no, not for everybody. For me, though. For you, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that is good because that is definitely what you needed. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and that that's exactly what I got. And everyone kind of did the did the best that they knew how to do in, in this, but. Um, it happened right, you know, when there's two struggling parents, and so uh, the timing obviously wasn't the best. Of course, when when could it have been, right? Oh, absolutely. Are you willing to share with us a little bit about what might have been going on with your parents? Maybe for other parents that might be going through similar situations. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And you know, I can really get get my book. I talk about the whole thing. Uh, Finding your voice is the name of the book. You can go to fyv as in finding your voice, fyvbook.com, 
and uh, read a little bit of background on the on the book, download some of the resources, and, and get the book if if it sounds like good reading for you. But um, you know, first of all, let me let me say that uh, you know my my parents were doing the best that they could based on what they knew at the time, <laughs> which wasn't much. Let's just put it put it that way. And then, uh, you know, my my uh, dad um, had a lot of uh, guilt and what happened, and and he dealt with that in uh, ways that didn't build him or me. Let's just let's put it that way. Struggling with things like, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, sex, things of that nature. Okay. And then, then my mom kind of wrestled with her own demons that involved some of the same things. And unfortunately, as a kid, going back and forth between parents, you know, in, in cordial ways, I got to experience and see a, a bunch of that stuff, which, mm-hmm. which was, you know, completely inappropriate now, now, that, now that you look back and, and, and see, but, you know, doing, doing the best that they can uh, at, at the time. Uh, of course, it was wrong, but with hindsight twenty twenty, you, you can you can see that. But yeah, there was um, many um, experiences that I wouldn't wish on any any kid, nor would I want to relive. And you know, recovery up to let's see, junior high and up up to teenage years. Well, I did not know that you have a book. I'm going to be picking that up and reading that, and I'll be sharing that in the show notes for sure. Thanks. And uh, I thank you for being so open and honest with us so far. I don't want to ask you to have to relive any of that. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind talking about it. I've done it many times. You know, wrote about it in in the book. I just uh, I'm I'm a little bit cautious with, with that. And one of the reasons is because it would be very easy to take my side and um, think that I'm talking bad about you know my folks and the people that were trying to do good by me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't want to be dramatic just for dramatic's sake. Well, I do think there tends to be some truth in what you're talking about as well, in that you have a very, it seems, optimistic way of looking at life. You bet. You got to. It started at age six. <laughs> and, and I think that's amazing in itself because everybody views things differently and not everybody has that ability to take something so positive from an experience like that. That's true. Good point. What do you think? Has this experience changed your life? Oh, without a doubt. And, and everyone that's in my circle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's, and this is something that we write in, in the book too. My, uh, well, I write in the book or we share in the book. That's probably the better way to say it. But my wife, Pay, and we've been married 13 years at the time of this recording. And she said, you know, Joel, when all those doctors said that you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that and you wouldn't be normal here and blah, 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 and, and all this junk that they put in the reports, Pay said it was probably a good thing but it, because it motivated you to prove everybody wrong. Mm. And I thought about that and I thought, you know what? You know what? She's right. And uh, that's why I am you know, the person that I am today you know, determined and persistent in pretty much everything that I do. And not, not just determined to, to get by, but to to really just, just kill it in pretty much anything that we're doing. I mean, the, the Finding Your Voice book, I mean, 
you know, we uh, put together a, a rock solid plan and we ended up hitting a uh, number one bestseller on Amazon in three categories on the same hour. I mean, on the same day in the same hour, which is, wow. which is freaking huge. And our, our podcast, you know, the relaunch when we've, we blasted that off pretty much met with the, the exact same results. It goes back to, you know, I've always been that person that I, I had to defy the odds. Well, it sounds like you've had a lot of success in your life and it's, amazing that you're right it seems like this might have just made you stronger and and if you could get through that you could get through anything that's pretty much my approach or that's what I've learned I should say and so do you have anything that you could share with the audience books that may have inspired you as you were coping through your teenage years young adult years or even now that you could recommend sure absolutely you know I'm a I'm a voracious reader and I try to read you know, anything that relates to a personal growth and, and development. I think that um, building a, a business or, or anything that's worth having is, is kind of a byproduct, if you will, of really understanding who you are, you know, what excites you, what, what you stand for. And, and that's, that's kind of what I talk about in, in the Finding Your Voice, getting in touch with um, who you really are, the, the voice that is, is within you. Uh, any book that, that will help you to explore that any, any further is, is, is solid. Uh, See You at the Top uh, by Zig Ziglar uh, mm-hmm. is, is a great book. Um, books by uh, T- Tony Robbins, you know, Awaken the Giant Within. That, that is a huge book. Uh, a book that a lot of, uh, of my guests recommend is The Four Agreements. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz is who uh, wrote that book. That's a good one. Um, other books, um, let's see, The Power of Thinking Big. Great book. You really? You like that one too? I love it. I have the audio. The, the first book that um, actually introduced me to uh, personal growth and development is uh, The Power of Positive Thinking, Norman Vincent Peale. My mom gave me that book when I was, when I, when I was having a struggle as a teenager. And that, Wonderful. And, that's, and that, Gina, is pretty much what, what gave birth to the whole, um, oh, my gosh, I can be more, do more, earn more, contribute more. And that right there is what I'm hoping to be able to share with everybody because everybody has that within them, I believe. Yep. I completely. I mean, that that's our whole idea of our show. It's that our tagline is be more, earn more, contribute more. And I, I think that at the core, that's what we all want to do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful words. Do you have any other advice or anything that you would like to share about your experience? Not so much my experience. I just want to, to be, um, I just want to encourage your, your listeners. And I want to thank you also for, for putting together this show and, and realizing that there is a need for people to be open and to be transparent with their past experiences, not just to, to share the, the drama of what have happened. And there's definitely a lot of drama and a lot of trauma in, in my story, but, and um, it happened for a reason. I firmly, firmly believe that, but I, I don't believe in just telling the story just for the, um, the, Oh my gosh, impact. I mean, there, there are lessons to learn and I, I hope, your listeners realize that 
whatever they they've experienced and I, and I never pretend to be able to fully understand other people's uh, stories when when they share them with me but whatever people have experienced that there are lessons there that need to be understood and then the learning points need to be harnessed because for whatever reason fair or unfair pretty or ugly uh, there are lessons there that that can that can benefit you and, and can benefit everyone around you. And this experience that I went through, as ugly and as traumatic as it was, has, has benefited everyone because it's helped me become who I am. And it's it's been um, it, it's kind of been an an outlier. It is lined up, you know, helped me become passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. So, yeah, um, don't hide what you've been through, but explore it, share it, learn from it. I like that. And I just have to ask, um, it's not easy sharing a story like that and being so open and honest. So what is it that you hope people take away from your being willing to share your story? Sure. Uh, hope, healing, and um encouragement that's that's the the vision i have or the hope that i have for pretty much all of my shows and the shows that i'm on i hope that people hear something that gives them a little bit of hope a little bit of more hope than they had that um helps them as they go as they go through their own healing process and the healing process is you know different for everyone and i hope it gives them the the encouragement of my gosh if, if this guy did it or whomever they're listening to, then, then maybe maybe I can do it too. Wow. So hope, healing, and encouragement. Yes. Joel, you've shared an amazing story with us today, and I thank you so much. You bet, Gina. It's been a pleasure. And just tell us before we say goodbye, where can everybody find you if they want to connect? Sure, absolutely. Relaunchshow.com. Best place to go. Relaunchshow.com. All right, and that will be in the show notes on Every Day is a Second Chance, along with all the links to your book. Um, if I could, I would love to put your newspaper clipping there. You bet, absolutely. And everything else. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. When I was in the hospital and told I suffered a heart attack, I felt alone and afraid. Thankfully, I was able to reach out to a coach and receive some valuable advice to point me in a positive direction. I am thankful for our sponsor that keeps this show going. No one should ever feel alone going through a near-death experience. Valiant Coaching is private, one-on-one, -on -one, high-impact work that will empower you with extreme confidence, inner strength, and the ability to take charge of all areas of your life. And it can be for anybody. If you would like to receive personalized coaching, I recommend Valerie Growth, life coach, career coach, and speaker. For more information, check out www.inspirationwithfal.com. And of course, I will have the links in the show notes for you over at everydayisasecondchance.com. And now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to a Second Chance podcast and sharing Joel's story. I love to hear your comments. You can send me an email at gina at everydayisasecondchance.com. Or join our Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash everyday is a second chance podcast. 
For today's review, I can't help but review Joel and P's podcast, Relaunch. It is one that I love to listen to. My favorite interview to this day is with Sarah Dew, overwhelmed nurse that quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom, and she earned six figures by founding Happy Entrepreneur. If you listen to Joel and P's podcast and like it, please take a minute to stop by and leave a review for Joel. And if you check out our website at everydayisasecondchance.com, everything is here for you in the show notes. And that's everything for this week. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Second Chance Radio. Personal stories of near-death experiences, the journey, and beyond. For the most positive and uplifting time on the radio. So tune in again with your host, Gina Kane of Second Chance Radio. Second Chance Radio. Second Chance Radio.